Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. started something called Risking Church. And so what we do is we give one person from the congregation four minutes and a mic to share their life so that we would get to know each other better because to be fully known is to be loved. Amen? To be loved. We can't love people unless we fully know them. And so it's a risk and it's hard for those that come up here. So you got to really encourage them because it's not easy to come up here and, and and just say, hey, this is my background, this is where I'm coming from, and this is what God's doing in my life. And, and then have the fear that maybe you won't accept me anymore. Amen? But here we believe that we are fully known and fully accepted. Amen? Because God already, no matter how, what we wear today or what we, whatever fronts and masks we put on, God already knows us. And so our, our whole thing is that God, to God we are fully known and he's fully accepted us. Amen? So let's welcome our four minute for the day. Come on up. Come on up. She's giving me this. I might throw up though, but. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start off. Um, my mom was kind of young when she had me and very immature. So I grew up very fast, and I basically had to take care of the household. When I was about four or five, she started getting into drugs. So I really had to learn how to take care of my little sister, take care of a household. At about four, I was changing pampers. By five and six, I was cooking. By eight, I was running a whole household, trying to pay bills and everything, um, taking my mother's food stamps, going to stores, stuff like that. Um, at eight years old, I was like cleaning up, trying to get food, and there was no food in the refrigerator. There was nothing in the cabinets. So my mother broke down and she called my father. My father had different, you know, tides and stuff like that, and he was able to get her into rehab. I stayed with him for about eight months. Um, he put me in a Catholic school, which was kind of hard for me because I didn't really, I never really went to school. I never even took a test because my mother would leave me home because she was lonely or she ran the next night, the night before and I was sitting there with buckets picking up her throw up, basically. So, um, I think my father, after about eight months, my father dropped me back off to my mother. I pleaded, I cried. I knew that it was going to start all over again. My mother, by the grace of God, never went back to drugs, but a lot of her behaviors were still the same. So no matter how she changed with drugs, there were still people in and out of our lives. Um, I lost a lot of my innocence. It was stolen from me, some just by having to grow up fast. Um, my father, I went to camp that summer, and while I was in camp, my father moved to California. So I lost my dad. I never really had my mother. And I grew up very lonely and very, very angry. My anger mostly went towards men, but 
I was angry at the whole world. You couldn't say anything at me. It doesn't look like it, but I would fight. And I fought, and I fought, and I fought, I fought. Up until about two years ago was my last fight. Like I was a real, you couldn't say nothing to me, I was gonna cut you. That was my personality. <laughs> so um, we did go back to church. My mother went from being a Baptist to a Buddhist to a Muslim. We've been everything. Um, I finally at 11 said, you know what? I'm going to church and I'm going to the church I want to go to. I grew up, I was a late bloomer. It doesn't look like it, but I was a very late bloomer. Woke up one day and it was like, bam. And a lot of the women at church, instead of encouraging me and teaching me how to become a woman, they made me feel very ashamed. And that made me hate them. Then it made me hate church. Then I would just sit in the back. Then eventually I stopped going to church. At about 19 years old, um, I had my, I was very, very angry, wanted to kill myself. A lot of people, not even Diana knows this, but I used to cut myself. I used to really try to hurt myself, different things. And I went to college and I got even more self-hate and I would cry all the time. Didn't know why, because I'm not a crier. And then I got pregnant. And it wasn't the right way, but it saved my life. If I didn't have that child growing inside me, I would have killed myself because I was getting closer and closer to going over the edge. So after I had my daughter, I had a few relationships that didn't really go well. Go well. I was homeless. I stayed in the shelter three, four year, um, months. Um, walked the whole Yonkers right before Christmas, I just prayed. I said, Lord, just get me an apartment before Christmas. I made $1,000 a month, and I found an $800 apartment. <laughs> I didn't care as long as I had some place to lay my head, and I had some food to put in my daughter's stomach. I'd walk to, to work if I had to, borrow someone's car if I had to, whatever I had to do. Um, then I think, by the grace of God, God has honestly always had me. Even if I didn't have him, he always had me. And whenever I would pray, it would come. It might not come as soon as I want it, but it always would come on time. And that's given me a lot of patience now since I've grown up. A lot in the Lord, not just in life, but a lot in the Lord I've grown up. I've been able to be a baby and laugh and joke and then slowly grow up in myself. And I think um, maybe... Two years ago, I started going back to church, but it was more, I'm going to church because I don't want to go to hell. Um, I don't care. I don't want to make friends. I'm not here to be around anybody. And Diana has known me for years, so I was always in church. I just really wasn't there. I was just a body in, in the church, and I didn't trust anybody. I didn't want anybody in, and Diana, for some reason, I tell her everything. I don't know why. I think it's because no matter what I tell her, she gives me advice and she gives me it lovingly. You know when a person is giving you advice because they love you and when a person is giving advice because they want to shame you. And she always gave me loving advice. So then after about a year of me going to church but still having a lot of anger inside, she said, why don't you visit my church? And I came and it just was like an awakening to me because I also was very, what did I call it? Um... 
I was spiritually, no, 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 what is it called? Rebellious. I would go to church and the women would say, oh, that shirt, you really shouldn't wear that shirt. So the next week I would wear a halter top. So I would do like these things to just mess with people. If you told me something, I would have to be worse. And I would be like, listen, God's going to deliver me when he wants me, not because you said. And if this is how I felt comfortable, this is how I felt comfortable. So I wouldn't take anything in. And then when I came here, I slowly started seeing a change within myself because I wanted it. No one ever said to me, Dana, okay, them pants, mm, a little too tight. No one ever said anything to me, no matter how I came to church here. So eventually, I started changing, not just in church, but outside of church. I don't wear halter tops, or if I do, I wear a shirt underneath it. Like, I slowly started changing my own habits, and then a lot of my anger went away. At first, I went from one extreme to the next where I would just shut down if something happened. Now I'm able to embrace somebody else's anger and laugh and leave it alone because just holding it in wasn't helping me either it was making it was like giving me ulcers <laughs> but I learned to be able to laugh at people and express my own self without going over the deep end not that I don't sometimes but it wasn't as bad and I'm just I still see myself as a baby in Christ and I still see myself growing and I know that God has a lot to fix in me and I just appreciate that this church doesn't look at me and say, okay, she cusses sometimes, or when she comes down the street, she's playing secular music. Nobody's ever said, you know, why are you playing that, or why are you cussing, because I have an issue with that. <laughs> but it slowed down. Instead of being a drunken sailor, you know, every once in a while it slips. So <laughs> I've gotten a lot better in a lot of things, and I've seen so much growth and change in my life. And I just thank everybody here, and I thank and I, God for like just getting me to this point. Amen. Amen. Um, one more thing that we do is there's a two-hug minimum here. Let's do that. Let's get some hugs on Dana. and Let's hug one another. Get two hugs before you're seated and come right back real quick. Come on, you ready to get the Word of God up in you? You ready to have it broken down into pieces that you can kind of chew on and, and grow on and, and be fed on? Amen? All right, so let's get, get to the edge of your seat. Move up to the edge of your seat. Get excited. Get expecting. And let's welcome Pastor Gary. Amen. I'm going to be continuing on two of the series that Pastor George has been doing. Number one is the name of God. And number two is risking church. So I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 5. I'm just going to read one verse, verse 16. So you can just listen. It says, But the Lord Almighty will be exalted by His justice. And the holy God will show himself holy by his righteousness. So I'm going to ask my wife Norma to just come up and bless God's word. To pray that our hearts would be open today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today, Lord, asking you, Lord, to awaken us, Lord. 
Lord, that we may listen, not only hear, Lord, but listen to what you have to say to us, Lord. We pray, Father, that you will bless your word in us, that it will take root, Lord, that it would nourish us and give us strength, Lord, so that we can nourish others, Lord, and give strength to others, Lord. We we don't want to keep it to ourselves, Lord. We want to give it out, Father. So in Jesus' name, I pray, Father, you would speak to us today, Lord, that we may listen, Lord, and receive everything that you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the, the name of God that I want to talk about today is Holy God. The Bible says that God is a holy God. What does holy mean? We always throw that word around. God is holy. What holy means is that God is perfectly pure. That God has no sin in him. There's no evil in him. There's no compromise in him. So when people misrepresent God and say, well, God is okay with compromise, God is okay with sin, that's a lie because there's no shadow in God. He's perfectly pure. He's perfect in love towards you. In everything that he does, his ways are perfect. And I just want to start off with with just to praise the Lord. So I'm going to ask Jesse to... Jessica to come up. She's a player from another layer right here. See, when I hear that God is holy, I just got to love him back. Because not only is he holy in his character, but he's perfect in love towards you. And and we just got to love him back. We need to do that right now. So Jessica is just going to lead us in a few minutes of worship. Hello. Gorgeous God, this my song of romance to you, my beautiful beloved. May I please have a dance with you? Words cannot express the wonders of your holiness. Will you be my Romeo and cannot be a Juliet? Your love, oh God, has made me ever free. You gave me wings, so now I fly on your breath as you're breathing in me. Yo, like an eagle, I have learned to soar. There's a passion deep within, no waste. My soul cries out for more. That's romantic how you gave your life for me. You left your splendor for this earth to proclaim true love undying. You are my king, I am your queen. Unashamedly, I sing about how you are my everything for real, God. Kiss me with the kisses of your lips, the Lord, you fly. Intimacy with you is cherished joy, I'm glad you're mine. Captivated by who you are, you stole my heart. Let's get married, not even death do us part, yo. I'm left changed when my spirit 
spirit locks sides with yours One thing I ask to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord Nothing more real than your presence You overwhelm me like a flood Let's steal away into the night So we may drink of each other's love Spiritually I was a tramp But you redeem me with your blood I'm lovesick for you my Jesus So this bride has quickly come Every love song and emotion The sunset stars and moon The city or trees and mountains It all reminds me of you You're more real than what I see All of creation speaks of thee You're my smile, skin and heart You've engraved yourself in me This relationship's my pride You mean more to me than life If I couldn't have you God I would curse myself and die You're the air I breathe The food I eat The purpose for my existence You're what everybody wants And what most people are missing My night in shining armor Your gospel within me burns I'm away this banner of love As I look for your return the hook is saying, I cannot go to the ocean, I cannot drive the streets at night, I cannot wake up in the morning without you on my mind. Sorry, I can't really say it. This song don't do you justice in expressing what you're worth I'll risk it all, reckless abandonment, travel the ends of the earth I don't make music cause I got talent Or for the sake of the arts, the only reason why I spit Is so I can spill your heart, it's what I'm after You're all that matters, my sins only you carried I want you more than family, career success and getting married You're amazing, I trust your integrity toward me It's a dream come true to have someone like you who adores me You're my lover, I'm your beloved, I'm your wife and you're my husband No human being alive can make me feel more loved and wanted Whether I Walk across the bridge or the long shore at the beach You're in my thoughts when I'm awake When I'm asleep, you're in my dreams You call me the apple of your eye and your mind Too, I only fall in love with the man who stands beside you I could sing a thousand melodies Still it wouldn't be enough But to sum it up like that song I'm dangerously in love with you, Jesus Hallelujah, we worship you, Lord. Just worship him. In the beauty of holiness, we bless you, O oh God. For you are a holy God, and you are worthy of our praise. Man, he's leaving it on. I, I don't know those beats. If you put on my beats, I would start rapping, but those ain't my beats, so. See, we worship a God that's holy and pure. He's totally trustworthy. He can't compromise. Every word that he spoke is true because the Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. So God is in heaven perfectly pure, perfectly holy. But see, here's the problem. We're just the opposite. Unless we have Jesus in our heart, we're the total opposite in our nature in terms of who we are. So I'm going to turn to Romans chapter 3. I'm going to start reading at verse 9. If you have a Bible, you could turn to it. Or like Larry memorized the whole Bible, so he just got to flip to it in his mind. But either way, Romans chapter 3, verse 9. It says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul. 
like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. So now there's an eternal problem. We have a God that's perfectly holy, perfectly pure, and his creation down here on earth. From the time we were born, we were born into sin. The Bible says there's not even one righteous. Not Billy Graham, not the Pope, not Mother Teresa. There's never been one righteous on the face of the earth who have been righteous in our own nature in terms of who we are, and that has presented a problem for God because God is so pure and holy that he cannot have relationship with sin. There can be no sin in the presence of God. There can be no unholiness, unrighteousness. So God became separated from his creation just up in heaven, so pure and holy and, and perfect in every way. And down here on earth, mankind became totally sinful, totally corrupt. But yet God is so filled with love, he could not bear to leave it that way. God could not bear to lose any one of you. Because he loves you so much. He's so filled with love and compassion for his people. So he ought to find a solution for the problem to get rid of the sin that stands in the way. Because sin stands between us and God. Now let's look at God's solution and going to go down to verse 21. Romans chapter 3 verse 21. It says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sins. Then for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. And God did something for you. There's a fancy word called justification. Usually we don't use these, all these fancy Christianese words. But God justified you, which means it's just as if you never sinned. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, if you've been born again, if you receive Jesus into your life, when God looks at you, he looks at you just as if you never sinned. Your position before God is that you are holy. Because I'm going to give you one more of those fancy words. We just talked, I just talked about justification. There's another fancy word called sanctification. 
That's another one of those fancy Christian words that they teach in Bible college, but it's powerful because sanctification means that you've been set apart regardless of your sin, regardless of your failure, regardless of every wrong thing that you've done, even if you're doing it today, even if right now you're sitting here and your mind is on sinful things, you have been set apart not because of anything you've ever done. It's got nothing to do with you, but it had to do with Jesus dying on the cross and taking the punishment for all of your sins, that everything about you that's unlovable, everything ugly about you, God took it off of you and placed it on Jesus Christ, and when he died on the cross, he removed it all from you. And that's why the Bible says that you can lift up holy hands. You've been sanctified. You're set apart. Maybe you've done a lot of bad things with your hands. Maybe you've whacked a lot of people. Maybe you've hurt people. Maybe you've cheated. Maybe you've stolen with your hands. But because of what God did for you, you can lift up holy hands before God. The Bible says that God has cleansed your lips. So maybe as we heard today, you've been struggling with cursing. You've said a lot of nasty, hurtful things in your life. But God has made your lips holy. And that's why we can stand in church and praise God. That's the only reason I can be standing right here, right now, talking to you. Because I've said a lot of wrong things with my mouth in my lifetime. But God has sanctified my lips and made them holy. And now he can use the words of my mouth, not because of anything I ever did. Remember the, what the scripture said, there's not one righteous. If you're sitting here today and you're feeling all righteous and holy and I got it all together, you're, you're lying to yourself. And, and don't let me fool you either. And don't let all those preachers on TV or any preacher you've ever seen. There's not one righteous in who we are. It's all about God. That's sanctification, set apart. That's where the word saint comes from. Except those churches got it wrong where they say, well, we have a few people that have done special things and we're going to call them saints. So we see saint Paul, St. Michael, St. Mary. You know who the true saints are? Every one of you. Every one of you is a saint because you've been made holy and set apart. God has taken you out of the filthy, sinful things of the world and made you holy. You're pure in the eyes of God. In Song of Solomon, it says that in the eyes of Jesus, you are flawless flawless. It doesn't mean that you put one over on God and he doesn't see your sin. But your position before God is that when he looks at you, he sees you as flawless. And you see, there's a second part to sanctification. It's not only that our position before God is that he made us holy, but sanctification also means that over time, as you walk with the Lord, God begins to remove the junk out of your life. 
You can't do it. I don't care how hard you try. There's nothing in you that can overcome the sin in your life, the evil in your life, the wrong things in your life. But as we cooperate with God in that process of sanctification, he makes us look more and more like Jesus. Now, this all sounds too fancy. I, I need Eric up here. Where's Eric? Come on, Eric. Here. I'm going way over people's heads here. Take, take this microphone. Hey, God bless everybody. You know, it's funny. Um, I have to be constantly reminded that this walk is a grace walk, you know? Um, and there's a scripture that says uh, that it's by faith that we have been, it's by grace that we have been saved through faith so that no one can boast. And I have to constantly be reminded of that because there are times in my walk that I feel like maybe I have it all together and I'm disciplined this week. And so I got to, you know, I have to be constantly reminded that it's by grace lest I become arrogant, you know? And then there's times when I, I mess up and I'm like, I'm a mess, God. I'm not even a Christian. What kind of a Christian am I? But it's a grace. It's by grace, you know? And this song is called Confessions of a Christian. And um, I guess it speaks for itself, you know? Praise God. Let's, let's do it up. Well, let, let's give her a mic check real quick, you know? Thank you, Lord. I make myself very vulnerable to you, you know? We come up here and, we, and everybody does their four minutes. This is kind of very similar to that, all right? Praise God, man. Hello. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. In Proverbs it says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Check it. Yo, I feel opposed on all sides. Sometimes I fear I won't make it. My foe whispers his lies into my ears. My heart's breaking. My spirit is crushed. My body is aching. Please be patient with me, Lord, because I know I'll be testy. I don't think I could take it if in my own sin you left me. Still I'd be stiff-necked, wretched, reckless, simply a leper infected with the sickness of sin. I'm bugging, dog. I'm lost inside this whole of course is grim. A double-minded man tossed on the waves with the wind. Like I got oil on my hands. In vain I try to get a grip, but I'm slipping. I'm sinking deep in this pit, someone tell me to forget it Curse God and quit, but I've been there, done did it I grieved the Holy Spirit, and with it came the shame of a man stuck in his ways So to anesthetize my torment, I drink and I blaze As if this temporary fix could alleviate my pain Please, Father, forgive me for the sins I committed All them things that I did, and all them things that I didn't Like how I should have prayed, instead I played with the riches Found myself stuck in the clutches of the mistress of Egypt I want freedom from these shackles and the tents of the wicked Likewise, release me from the bondage of religion, man-made traditions, all my presuppositions. This is me revealed. At times I live my life on the edge. I've cried, contemplated suicide inside already dead. I've strayed from the path that leads to life everlasting. Friends, that's what happened to that passion, man. My enemies laughing. I've been a whore in a spirit. Been more than twisted and wicked. Saw the gift that was given. Heard the call of one risen, but I denied it. Try to fight it. Dear Lord, the backslidden condition of a Christian in my manuscript. Britain, it isn't easy to live it So cold, my soul gets frigid, confessed So I'll admit it, I've slept with married women And supported this chick that had aborted her children They wasn't mine, she was crying I was just trying to slide in it 
been online too many times Porn kills, still I click it I lied to that preacher, said I don't need it, forget it And I've been so mad at God that the Bible I ripped it As I'm spitting this rhyme thinking will it really make a difference Please, Father forgive me for the sins I committed All them things that I did and all them things that I didn't like how I should have prayed instead I played with the riches I found myself stuck in the clutches of the mistress of Egypt I want freedom from the shackles and the tents of the wicked Likewise release me from the bondage of religion Man-made traditions on my presupposition This is me revealed, real confessions of a Christian I find myself doing the very thing I intend not to do And when I attempt to do what's good, it's like evil's right there too There's a war in my mind I find I'm rotting through and through As far as my old nature is concerned No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right It's like I want to, but I can't Oh, what a wretched man I am Who will save me from myself? Who will save me from these sins that be draining my health? What does it mean to be a Christian? How am I different from anyone else? What really makes the distinction between the found and the lost? And who weighs the juxtaposition of what's true from what's false? I heard it's so relative If it is, should it concern me? Is it philosophical syllogism? Have I turned mad on my learning? Perhaps I'm just a fool who places blind faith in his Jesus Cause truly, who can prove that this man even existed? I never studied apologetics I'm not even educated Yet in spite of me, I believe through me the Lord still speaks Take heed, my son, my daughter Stop looking, listen, pay attention Trust immediately, not into your own wisdom I've counted all your tears through all those tears and depression Identify with your fears Empathize with your questions I purchase your redemption, sovereign intercession It's always been my plan, always been my intention I lived and died for you Then I resurrected to forgive you all your sins Even unwritten confessions Please, please So listen, it doesn't matter It doesn't matter what you've done God is so good and he loves you so much Just believe that and run with it Praise God, amen Amen. Just as we heard during the worship today, it's all about the grace of God. And there's grace for you in your situation. There's grace for you in your struggle. There's grace for you in your emotional problem. And you do not deserve it. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. I don't care how hard you try, how, how holy you seem to be, the Bible says that all the righteousness that comes from us is like filthy rags. It's all about His righteousness in you. It's all about His grace, His unconditional love. And grace is also the power of God working in your life to break everything that's holding you back. See, that was God's solution, to send Jesus to die on a cross. But the Bible tells us that there are other people that Jesus encountered, they didn't like that solution. They felt like they had a better plan, and those people were called the Pharisees. The Pharisees in the Bible were the religious leaders of the day, the priests, the pastors, the rabbis. Those who, who oversaw the, the flock of God, oversaw the spiritual realm of the people of God, and the Pharisees, they didn't, like, they didn't like what Jesus said. They came up with another plan. So I'm, I'm going to read um, Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. And this is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. 
What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. See, these religious leaders came up with another plan. Well, we're not going to live righteous. We're not going to live pure. We're not going to be free. But we're going to act as though we are. We're going to give an outward appearance. We're going to fool people into thinking that there's something good in us, something righteous in us. That's the, that's the spirit of religion. And that's called hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means that you live one way on the inside and another way on the outside. How many people are tired of hypocrisy? How many people are tired of phoniness? Well, as long as I carry a big Bible or I dress in, in a certain church way or I use certain Christian language, I can fool you into thinking that there's something good in me. And that was the Pharisees. But do you know what the word hypocrisy means? The word hypocrisy means actor. It means that I'm not willing to reveal to you who I am. I'm not willing to show you who I really am. I'm not willing to be authentic. And I'm going to read just one more scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Down to verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Verse 16, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. In other words, God is not impressed when we put on a show for him. When we could come into church and say, oh, I'm feeling great. I have no problems. I'm blessed. But yet we're struggling. Or yet we're having emotional issues and we feel we can't share it with anyone. Hypocrisy is like having a mask on. It's phoniness. It's fakeness. And it's invaded the church of Jesus Christ. And we're going to break the power of it, but first we want to expose it. And we have the drama team right now. And, and they're just going to expose that lie in Jesus' name.
anyone that fails? Is there anyone that falls? Am I the only one in church today feeling so small? Cause when I take a look around, everybody seems so strong. I know they'll soon discover that I don't belong. So I tuck it all away like everything's okay. If I make them all See, that was nice. That was a good portrayal. But you know what? Many of you are sitting here wearing this mask right now. Some of you are sitting here today. And you're not willing to reveal who you truly are. 
what you're really going through. And for some of you, it's because you've been wounded in church. Many, many times through the years, I've been wounded every time I try to be vulnerable. Every time I try to share what's going on, it's almost like sharks seeing blood and going after it. I, I want to be honest right now. Many, many times, and I've learned through the years not to share my struggles and not to share my hurts because a lot of times Christians will see that and jump into a self-righteous mode and begin to beat you up. And we just decree and declare that this, this is a Pharisee-free zone right here in this church. This church was built on the very premise of freedom. And freedom means your freedom to be honest. And, and as Pastor George has been preaching, and we accept you. And I just want to stand in behalf of the church in Jesus Christ. And I want to ask for your forgiveness for those of you who have been lied and spoken against. For those of you who have been torn apart. For those of you who have been judged and criticized through the years, I just want to ask for your forgiveness in Jesus' name. I just break those word curses off of you right now in Jesus' name. And you're free to be yourself. Because you know what? I put one over on every one of you today. I came walking in and everyone says, Wow, you look smoking with that jacket and all that. High-flying high and profiling. But look, I, I put one over on every one of you. Look. Where, look at it. Where did these stains come from? You thought I got it all together today. You thought, wow, on the outside, you, you look, you're, looking, you're looking pretty. But you didn't know what I got hiding inside. I fooled every one of you today. And there's a lot of you sitting here today, and you've put one over on us. There's some of you, you're here, and you haven't been willing to be vulnerable. So you come in looking like everything's wonderful and great. But yet inside you're struggling. In, inside you got issues. See, I could choose to go home today the same way I came. I could put the suit back on. And I could leave here just as fake as I came in. Or I could leave here free today because there are people here who will love you. It says in James chapter 5, verse 16, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In other words, there's freedom in honesty. There's freedom in going to someone and saying, I've sinned, I've failed. I'm struggling. And finding out that you're still loved. And that's where healing comes. Confess your sins one to another so that you might be healed. Be who you are. 
Let people know your fault, and when they receive you and love you, there's great healing to come. So I'm, I'm going to ask for those in the ministry team to come up right now, and, and also those who are here from the worship team. I, I want you to come up. I, I, want, I want to give you the chance just to pour into people in another way. And, and I just want to make an invitation right now. If you're like me today, you came in. Look, this is even a fake tie. Look at that, a fake, one of those fake ties that Pastor George bought me like 10 years ago. If you're struggling today and you're willing to say, that's me. We, we have people here who want to do nothing but love you. They're not going to condemn you. They're not, even going to, they're not going to even pray all kinds of prayers. They're not going to look into the secrets of your heart. But we have people here who have nothing but a heart full of love. And they want to pour it out on you and let you know that it's okay. That you're in the process. See, I'm in the process. I, I got a long way to go. Don't, don't let pastors fool you anymore. Don't let those TV guys with the suits fool you anymore. Everyone's got a million miles ahead of... I'm, I struggle every day. Every day I'm struggling doing, like we heard before, things that I shouldn't do and, and fighting and struggling. I, every day I struggle with emotional issues of rejection and shame. Every day I got to keep coming back to God. And the more I hide it and try to look all pure and holy, the further back I go. So if you'd like prayer today, if you're just saying you want someone to love you, you're hurting or you're struggling. If you're like me, I bet you I'm not the only one. I just want to invite you just to come forward as, just as we're going to put on worship music. We just want to bless you today. We just want to pour out the love of God on you in Jesus' name. So let's just start the worship music. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. And if we're going to just ask you to be real and come forward in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No one's looking at you in Jesus' name. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.